Welcome to the Gospel According to a Sitcom Writer podcast. I'm James Carey and I'm a sitcom writer for the BBC and I'm a Christian, hence my book and this podcast. Let's get straight into it, shall we? For it is written, right? German is a great language. It's not pretty, but it's brilliant. It's the Lego of languages. You can snap words together and make new words. My favourite German assembly of words is probably Freizeitmöglichkeiten, which literally means free time possibility things, i.e. things you do in your spare time. I don't know what the German for making up words in your spare time is, but I suspect they could do it all in one word. You've got to admire that. The Germans also have words for concepts that we enjoy or experience, but don't have words for. The most obvious is schadenfreude, which means the enjoyment of the misfortune of others. This is now an English word. In my opinion, this isn't enough. We need an English word for enjoying the misfortune of a German. But we have other things for which we don't have words, but we should. I'd love a word for offering to help someone while hoping he or she will say no. I've invented a few words of my own that might be useful in a church context. And so I present to you Luxauslandophobia, which is the fear that God might give you a dramatic vision that he wants you to be a missionary in a foreign country. A more pressing need might be the word Dreivierphobia, which you may have experienced during a church-based seminar. It is the fear that you are about to be broken up into groups of three or four to discuss some questions. I mention all this because I feel we need a word for the nod you give when people refer to a passage of the Bible or a part of church history that they think you would know, but you have no idea what they're talking about, so you give a nod of the head to give the impression that you get the reference. If we invent a word for that, it should be based on an Aramaic word, since I suspect the disciples nodded their heads as if they knew what Jesus was talking about quite a lot. Jesus is often quoting scripture saying, for it is written, or the scriptures say, implying that we should know this. But what happens when we look up those references in the Old Testament? Sometimes they don't quite match. There are good theological and cultural reasons for this, and it would be wrong to hold gospel writers to the same standards as 21st century publishing, expecting footnotes and bibliographies. Early manuscripts do not include the following. A young ruler came up to the disciples and said, Is Jesus around? No, said James. He's gone to a solitary place to pray. When will he be back? said the young ruler. How should I know? said James. Am I my brother's keeper? Oh, nice reference, said Peter. He turned to the young ruler and said, That's Cain in Genesis, isn't it? Yeah, I get it, said the young ruler, although it makes it sound like you've killed your brother, which I presume you haven't. Our Lord is the Son of Man who raises people from the dead, said Peter. You think he can be killed? I don't know, you're the disciple. I'm just some rich dude seeking wisdom. Look, when will Jesus be back? I'm on a bit of a deadline here. Oh, so sorry that the Son of God isn't available at the moment, said James. Oh, and there's no need to be like that, said the young ruler. You two will have to do, I suppose. Charming, said James. So here's the thing, said the young ruler. What must I do to be saved? It is written, said Peter, do not murder, do not commit adultery, do not steal, do not give false testimony. Uh, oh, I can never remember the other ones. Honour your father and mother, said James. Yes, good. How many is that, said Peter, counting on his fingers. Isn't there one about the Sabbath, said the rich young ruler. Oh, yeah, and it is written, do not defraud, said James. I don't remember that one, said Peter. Is that in there, or did I imagine it, said James. He looked at the rich young ruler, who shrugged. Feels like it overlapped with stealing, said the rich young ruler. Well, you're the rich young ruler, said James. I'm not rich because other people are poor, said the rich young ruler. That's not how it works. 
Oh, he would say that, wouldn't you? said James. Ah, let me tell you another parable about the Good Samaritan, said Peter. No, thanks. Can we get back to my question and these commandments? Didn't we miss out the most important one about having no other gods? Ah, yes. Well, there you go, said Peter. No, not there you go. Who is the one true God, said the rich young ruler. Is it Jesus or should I wait for another? And Peter said, As it is written in Isaiah the prophet, Behold, I send my messenger before your face, who will prepare your way before you. The voice of one crying in the wilderness, Make ready the way of the Lord, make his path straight. Ah, yes, said James, nodding his head as if he knew what Peter was referring to. Okay, is anyone actually checking these references, said the rich young ruler. Now a teacher of the law was standing by and said, That's not what Isaiah actually says. I know for a fact that half of that quote is from Malachi. If you must know, sighed Peter, that verse is a composite text on a redemptive trajectory. What does that mean, said James. I've no idea, said Peter. I read it in a commentary, but it sounds clever, doesn't it? Hello, said the rich young ruler, trying to get to heaven here. James, the brother of Jesus, looked at the man and loved him. You don't have because you don't ask, he said. You ask and don't receive because you ask with wrong motives so that you may spend it on your pleasures. You adulterers and adulteresses, don't you know that friendship with the world is hostility towards God? Whoever therefore wants to be a friend of the world makes himself an enemy of God. Or do you think that the scripture says in vain, the spirit who lives in us yearns jealously? Okay, you've just made that one up, said the teacher of the law. Scripture at no point talks about the spirit yearning jealously. Well, it's the gist of the Old Testament, said James. Oh, we're into gists now, are we? said the teacher of the law. And, FYI, it is not the gist of the Old Testament. Like you'd know, said James. You're one of the people plotting to kill my brother. Talk about missing the point, Peter said to the rich young ruler. Look, can we get back to you? Jesus might be free at the ninth hour, but I can't make any promises. At this, his face fell, for he had a very busy schedule. I'll try and move some things around, he said. It is written, said James, there is a time for meeting and a time for moving things around. Ecclesiastes, said Peter. Yeah, give or take, said James. This is not the word of the Lord. Thanks be to God. First rule of showbiz, always leave the audience wanting more. So that's it for this week. If you want more, there are links in the show notes to my live show, Water Into Wine, and also to my weekly blog. Thanks for listening. Actually, could you tell a friend about this podcast? That'd be nice. Cheerio. Cheerio.